0: Hello, my friends, welcome to professional development units for PMI certificate holders, whether you are a PMP, a CAPM, a PGMP, this is our life as certificate holders. The best thing to do is download the handbook. I'm going to put a link to it below. It's called the Continuing Certification Requirements Handbook. The page of greatest interest is right here on page four. This is where you have a breakdown of the PDUs that the PMI requires from you as a certificate holder. If you are a PMP, the most popular one, you need 60 PDUs. The same for the PGMP, the PFMP, the PMI-PBA. For the others, the ACP, you need 30 PDUs. The same for the RMP and the SP, 30 PDUs. And the smallest is the CAPM, 15 PDUs. The best way to get your PDUs is to get them incrementally over time. Don't wait till the last minute. One of the best sources to get PDUs is training and coaching from a source you enjoy. I advise you to get PDUs that will give you the biggest bang for your buck in terms of value for your career. Don't get PDUs just because they're free. Look for PDUs that give you the best value, the biggest value for your career. Now, In the world of the PMI, there are two categories of PDUs. There's education PDUs and there's giving back PDUs. As a PMP, you are only allowed to get 25 maximum giving back PDUs. You are allowed to get as many education PDUs as you want but there's a minimum amount of PDUs that you need to get in the education realm. And that amount is 35. You need at least 35 PDUs as a PMP. The same for the PGMP and the PFMP. The same for the PMI PBA. Now for the others, you only need 18 minimum for the ACP, the RMP, and the SP. So you can see the PMI puts a lot of premium on education PDUs. That means you need to look for where you can get education PDUs that revolve around PMI's talent triangle. The PMI's talent triangle is as follows. Ways of working, power skills, and business acumen. What is ways of working? A way of working is predictive ways of working or agile ways of working or hybrid ways of working, frameworks, methods, practices, things of that nature. Then we have power skills. We talk about power skills. This is really code for leadership, communications, interpersonal skills, team building, and things like that. The final one is business acumen. Business acumen really refers to having knowledge about how the business works, the big picture of broader organizational strategy and global trends, If you want to get PDUs, like I said, look for the biggest bang for your buck. But wait, there's more. The PMI have certain requirements for these PDUs. If you are a PMP, you need to get 35 minimum PDUs in education, but you need to pay close attention to how the PMI wants that broken out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. and aid in business acumen at a minimum in the education realm. Now, you could get an additional 11 from anywhere else, but at a minimum, you need to have ways of working, power skills, and business acumen. Let me break it down very simply. Technical project management, understanding Scrum, Kanban, design of experiments, predictive, PMBOK stuff, it will all fall into ways of working. Power skills, in my mind, is all about leadership and great interpersonal skills, the soft stuff. Business acumen is all about understanding strategy and vision casting and product roadmaps and things like that. The same for all of the other certifications. You need to have at least eight, as you can see here, across ways of working, power skills, and business acumen. For the other certifications, the ACP, RMP, and SP, you can see you need a minimum of four in each of those areas. So, yes, the PMI wants you to know about leadership, even if you have an ACP, RMP, or SP. For the CAPM, it's a minimum of 222, and you can get the others in any place you want in education. So, keep your eye on these pages, my friends. It is very important that you ensure the box is checked for the education PDUs 888 for those PMP, PGMP, PFMP, and so on. Now, the others that fall into giving back, let's explore what that looks like. So giving back, we talk about volunteering. So if you volunteer with the PMI, or you create knowledge, videos, you write books, or you're working as a professional, you can get 25 Maximum. Okay, there's no minimum. You don't have to get PDUs from giving back, but maximum is 25. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, if we take a look at the other certifications, you find for the ACP, RMP, and SP, the giving back maximum is 12. So, volunteering, speaking, conducting courses, and things like that will fall into giving back. And if you have a CAPM, the giving back maximum is six. But let's dive a little bit deeper into the process. So the CCRS process starts from the moment you pass your exam. From the moment you pass your exam, you can participate in PDU activities. Then you record and report the PDUs. You fulfill the requirements. This is a step everyone forgets. And hey, <laughs> you don't want this to happen to you because there was a time I forgot to pay the renewal fee and my PMP did lapse. I was technically not a PMP. You don't want that to happen to you. So keep your eye on that. So you pay that renewal fee and you get your PMP exam updated to reflect that you are in good standing. And then you finish the process and then you go for another three years. And that's how it is. Okay. Now, when we talk about the education. We have some additional information in here, and you need to be aware that one hour of instruction equals one PDU. When only a portion of a course relates to topics relevant to the PMI talent triangle, you calculate PDUs as a percentage of the overall curriculum, and then you report each course separately. Entire degree programs will not be recognized for PDU credits, only individual courses. When it comes to organization meetings, professional meetings that include an educational component provide an opportunity to learn and also to network. And PMI chapters and third parties host these activities throughout the year. And it says the documentation required in case of an audit, a registration form, letter of attendance, or other form of documentation. The PMI has challenged me on my PDUs in the past, and I needed to show what I did and what I got from it. So you wanna keep your documentation. You wanna make sure you truly have gained something from that activity. Then here in education, we also have some additional information about online or digital media for self-paced learning and courses that are done online. They understand that technology enables you to get your PDUs, but again, you need documentation evidence supporting your reported learning, including notes and dates of activities conducted. Absolutely important. Now, if you did read and you have self-directed learning relevant to your certification that involves reading a book, for example, other materials, the documentation is required for audit, and that could be notes from your reading, dates of reading, so keeping good notes. And a lot of this is done in good faith. You being a PMP, a CAPM, a PGMP, and adhering to the Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct. So a lot of this is based on trust. So it's important that we don't abuse it. Then we have informal learning. Sometimes learning comes through interaction with others. You can learn PDUs by engaging in structured professional discussions. Like those of you who come for mentoring and coaching with me, one-on-ones through pmanonymous.com, this is also eligible for PDUs. And lastly, we have giving back your work as a practitioner. In your organization, it says each day your work in a domain area related to your certifications allows you to apply your knowledge and skills in a practical setting. Using these competencies actively contributes to sustaining and growing the profession. And they've got a number of things you can do here, but they say documentation required for audit is proof of employment and your job description, and that will tell them what exactly you did. If you have a PMP, we talk about APDUs, max per cycle, ACP, and the rest four PDUs max per cycle, and CAPM, two max per cycle. If you created content, one hour spent creating content equals one PDU. So for those of you spending hundreds of hours, unfortunately, you can only cap that at 25 max. So creating new knowledge, resources, books, and stuff. I've written so many books, like over 20 books, but I cannot claim more than 25 PDUs for each of the cycles where I created those books or publications. Given a presentation, one hour spent presenting is one PDU. And that's why a lot of people who visit back, they get PDUs for coming to speak to the class, sharing your knowledge, volunteering, things of that nature. Now, there's one more clause here that's very important. If you earn more than the required PDUs in your cycle, you may apply a portion of PDUs to your next cycle. Only PDUs earned in the final year. The final 12 months of your certification cycle can be applied to a future cycle. So if you're PMP and you finish your cycle in, let's say, 2023, well, if you had 20 extra PDUs, those extra 20 PDUs can be applied to the next cycle. And that's exactly what they're saying here. Let's move on. Finally, let me make it very clear that you can have overlapping PDUs. So if I got eight PDUs in leadership, for example, Power skills. Those eight PDUs can be used across certifications. It's not eight PDUs for PMP, then you can't use them anywhere else. No, you can have overlapping PDUs. So for example, if I went to a course and my course covered way of working and I had eight PDUs, it covered power skills. I had eight PDUs and business acumen, eight PDUs. That's a total of 24. That 24 can be applied to my PMP. It could be applied to my ACP. It can be applied to my PMI, SP, my RMP, and my CAPM. So, right off the bat, my CAPM is taken care of. Right off the bat, my RMP and my SP and my ACP are largely taken care of. You see, all I need to do is find additional. PDUs that will cover everything else. So for example, over here, okay, I have in my ACP a requirement of 4, 4, and 4, right? And I can use this from anywhere else to get the 18 that I need from education. So actually for education, I am good. I have 24. But referring back to this table, it says for ACP, I need 30. So I've got 24. All I need is six more. So I hope that makes sense. If you've got any questions about PDUs, do let me know. Any questions about overlapping and so on. For those of you who are still within the one year probationary period, in other words, you haven't renewed your PMP and it's not yet one year since you were due, you can still redeem your PMP. But once you're beyond the year, that means you have to take the exam again that is not very good. You do not want that to happen to you. It says here, suspended status. If you do not satisfy the CCR program requirements within your current cycle date, you'll be placed in suspended status. The suspension period lasts one year. During this time, you may not refer to yourself as a PMP certification holder. You will then be required to earn the necessary PDUs in that one year and complete the renewal process in that suspension period, the date of your next CCR cycle will not change after you are reinstated to active status. But still, you don't want this to happen to you. If you get into expired status, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, You're no longer considered a PMP, and you have to apply all over again. It's like snakes and ladders back to the beginning. Horrible. But I've had students who did that. They let their PMP lapse. They were totally clueless, totally oblivious, not checking emails which is why you want a reliable email for your interaction with the PMI. And hopefully this will not happen to you, all right? Got any questions about PDUs, please let me know. I hope you found this to be useful. Don't forget to share. One more question I often get is, Phil, I don't even know where to start this PDU process. Well, the way to start the PDU process is going down to ccrs.pmi.org. When you get there, you get to the first page, this one, Log in, just like I'm about to log in. You hit the Login button, and it logs you in. And here's my dashboard. And you can see I've been certified since 2005 in good standing. I got certified on 25th of June, 2005. Never forget that day. Um, And I need eight PDUs in business acumen at a minimum. I do not have that. I need to get that. And I have PDUs from giving back, and you can see my claims. So I've got 11 approved, and it just shows the entire breakdown. That's my ACP. I still have a ways to go. I've got 12.75 remaining. I've got 2.75 remaining for PMP, but my business acumen, I need to get that. So it's showing red there. That's my SP. I have 709 days until renewal for some reason. um, Same thing for my RMP. I'm way ahead. I've got too many PDUs, it seems. (laughs) Uh, My CAPM cycle is complete, but uh, I actually don't need to do anything until 2024. Uh, My other cycles end in 2025. And uh, if I wanted to claim PDUs, I just go in here, PDUs, report PDUs, click on that. And... Whether it's working as a practitioner, creating content, giving a presentation, organizing meetings, whatever it is, you just click on it. So, the most popular one is course or training. Let's click on that. Put in the name of the provider. You find the provider name in there. For example, uh, depending on who you're looking for, but a lot of the old REP names are in there. You put in the name of the provider. You put in the course ID if there's one. And it doesn't matter if the provider is not found. And then you put in a description of whatever you did. The date you started the training, the date you ended the training, just hit the calendar for convenience. The day you ended the training, if there's a URL, all of this is optional, but it helps just in case you are audited or just in case PMI needs to verify information, put all of that in. Just put that in for demonstration, put all the information needed in there, and put in the PDU. So if it's way of working, let's say it's 8 for way of working, 8 for power skills. You can just type those in directly and says, okay, so it's kind of feeding off what I would put in for PMP. So I'll put in an 8 here. Put in another eight because it's just going to mirror everything from uh, PMP up. That's the way it works. So you may not be able to type in to those. Like you can see in my case, there are five certifications. It all feeds from PMP. If you got a PMP or whatever the highest certification that you have in the uh, hierarchy is, it will feed off that, and you can see everything else is just feeding off uh, PMP like that, um, and. That's how you put them in, and when you're done, you agree the claim is accurate, and you submit. It says, by submitting this claim, I test the information I've provided is correct. I understand that any misrepresentation or incorrect information provided may result in disciplinary action, including suspension or revocation of my PMI certification. So yeah, be careful. You know, Tell the truth. I mean, that's rule number one as a PMP, all right? And that's it, my friends. Download the book. If you're stuck, let me know. I'll be more than happy to help. You take care and bye for now.